And good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank God for his goodness and mercy on a beautiful and been a very nice uh, Wednesday. It's a little cooler than it uh, than it has been, but uh, it's still nice. Again, I've not got to be outside much, but a little bit. And work's continued on the cabin up on the mountain. It's a clear day up there. We were nice up there earlier. And appreciate the crew that's up there. And also appreciate how the Lord continues to help us and the Lord continues to bless. And we're going to look at weather and uh, we're going to look at uh, temperatures and the forecast and traffic and prayer request and who's listening and, yeah, all above. So we would love for you to be a part of what's going on today. You do that by communicating with us. You can call us on a voice line at 828-884-9427 or you can text us something we didn't have years ago at 577-1296-577-1296. And either way, we'd love to hear from you. If you call us, then Brianna will answer. She's my producer today in Studio B, and she will forward it to me. But if you want to communicate directly with me, then you simply uh, text the text line. I'm looking at an iPad, and it's actually showing up on a big screen up above me as well. So I've got it on a 50-inch or something, and then I've got it on an iPad as well. So love to hear from you this afternoon. Let's get you home start with. And uh, we've got a little slowdown today just between the Skyland exit and the parkway going up that hill. I was on 26 today, and I saw two trucks coming down the road side by side with construction trucks with flashing lights, and there was a lull in front of them, and they were moving a lull. A lull is a big four-wheel drive forklift, and they were moving it down the interstate. And, of course, they had to close the interstate behind it, and so they were doing like a running roadblock, and the lull was in front of them, and they were moving it, and it had traffic blocked up a little ways. And that's a part of it. They do occasionally have traffic. They have to get you know equipment over onto the interstate to move it around. Of course, there's dump trucks coming in and out and all the rest as they widen uh, I-26 between Hendersonville and Asheville. But uh, that's the only slow place this afternoon on that stretch of highway. 25, 25A, all of those are good. Not seeing problems there at all. The same thing is true around Asheville. Everything's moving well. Your normal slowdown right there around Asheville. And then if you go to the gorge, you have got moderate traffic. It's not slow. It's just moderate on both sides of the bridge situation. And I say again, if people will get over and merge, of course, the state doesn't tell you to do that. The state tells you to uh, stay in your lane. And then everybody stop, get up there, and then argue about whose turn it is to go. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, no, not I'm being sarcastic. It's not brilliant at all. It's ridiculous. And so you give people, tell people which lane is closed. Tell them to get over now. Form a single file line. You can go through construction zones at 45 mile an hour. But the way they're doing it, and the reason they're doing it, there is a philosophy behind it. They want the traffic to stop. They want it to slow down. The problem is sometimes it backs up. 30 to 45 minutes, and uh, yeah, and it's just, a, it's just a problem. All right, let's look down at Greenville this afternoon. Huh, no better. 
Nah, Greenville's about like normal, both sides of I-85. This is a regular thing anymore. Uh, we're slow uh, down to Pelham from around the airport, and then we're slow actually in below 385 all the way up to Pelham. So, yeah, a little slow down there at 291 on I-85 southbound, and then that little slow down there where I-85 and 185 come together. A little slow down right there. Other than that, things are moving. And I'm looking here to see, I don't see anything else that's of any uh, consequence. However, there is a crash on Wade Hampton, and it's before you get up to 290. It is right in there around Vision Works, Express Oil and Tire, Discount Tire, McAllister's Deli, Moe's Southwest Grill right there at that stoplight and so yeah that's causing a little bit of a of a type other than that it is uh, everything's uh, as it should be all right let's see what's going on Asheville reporting in right now with 57 degrees a slight breeze 29 percent humidity clear skies 30.2 inches of mercury and uh, 10 mile visibility and so a clear day uh, to be working on the mountain. And it's doing it again. So here's 57, drop down to Greer, and here we are at 54. Yep. And the readings are one minute apart. No, excuse me, three minutes apart. Yep. So uh, the uh, 453 was Greenville. No, one minute apart. 454 was Asheville. And Asheville was showing 57, and GSP was showing 54. That's happened several days this week. It's very interesting. Here at the studios, we're down to 49.4, 49.4. And, of course, temperatures dropping. Cold this morning, 25-degree start. All right, so here's what we're looking at. Um, we're about 30 tonight, 56 tomorrow, and we're going to see a lot more clouds. Most will tell tomorrow night, 38, and then... The chance of showers move in on Friday afternoon, high 58. Friday night's 40%, 48. Saturday is 70%, 62. Saturday night, 80%, 47. Sunday, 70%, 59. Sunday night, 70%, and 48. Uh, Sunday night, showers mainly after 9 p.m. and 70%, 48. I said that. Monday showers likely before 5 p.m., high 56, 70% on Monday. Showers likely Monday night, 60%, low down around freezing, 34. On Tuesday, 30% chance of showers, high near 50. Tuesday night, 27 and clear. Wednesday, 53 and sunshine. So starting Friday afternoon, after about 3 o'clock until Tuesday, there's a chance of rain every day during that time frame. Okay, so but not enough to not enough to snow, not enough to snow, still not enough to snow. It's, it's getting close there a time or two, but not enough to snow. Well, today is February the seventh, twenty twenty-four, and the listeners' portion portion of the general operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting is being sponsored by Sonny and Karen Moffitt on their twenty-fifth wedding anniversary. They praise God for their years together and as many blessings on their lives. 
They feel privileged that he's allowed them to serve him at Anchor Baptist Church. We appreciate the Moffats and congratulate them on 25 years. The network budget today is being sponsored by Nicholas and Shanna Lanning, and that's my daughter and son-in-law. And it's in honor of Shanna's grandmother, Maureen Angel, on her 90th birthday, born the February the 7th, 1934, to a sharecropper uh, with uh, total, total 11 children in Oconee County, South Carolina, in what's now Lake Kiwi. You know, they covered up the home place there. And so uh, today is Mama's 90th birthday. And uh, Shannon Nicholas say they thank God for her sacrifice through the years, and they're blessed to have her in their lives. Also in honor of their other grandmothers, Jane Rice and Betty Summy. And we say thanks you, thank you for doing that, and I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate uh, the kids sponsoring the day. And we have had a big day. We had Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, the, uh, the grandsons came over and picked and sang. And we just had a good time. It was a good, good birthday. And uh, I bless the Lord for that. It's not too many folks of my age still have their moms with them. And I just thank the Lord for that. We are only 18 days away from Sherathon. It is upon us. And uh, 18 days. And uh, so we are we're cleaning, working, fixing. I appreciate Hamilton Landscaping. They came in here today and they uh, took gravel and they went around and dressed the edges of our asphalt to keep during Sherathon to keep people from running off the edge and breaking the edge of the asphalt off. We got all new paving here on the property. And so they uh, dressed that for us. And that's a lot of work. I think they used, I don't know, they were going after their second tandem axle dump truck full of gravel last time that I have heard. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. And I appreciate Hamilton's landscaping volunteering to do that and then I appreciate Lonesome Mountain Paving of course they they did that for us they they do uh, special work for churches and then came in here this past Saturday and striped and then uh, uh, the owner's son was in here I think it was yesterday and was painting arrows on the parking lot to for the traffic flow so but we appreciate all that that's just great we appreciate it thank you thank you for doing that and I do mean that from the deep of our heart. Thank you. And so a lot of folks involved in Sherathon prep, getting everything ready. And some of us say, well, what is there to get ready? Well, <clears throat> we're expecting a full Sherathon this year. We're expecting, uh, yeah, we're expecting uh, everything full. Uh, we're expecting the cafeteria to be full. We're expecting the sanctuary to be full. Our campground is full. Um, and speaking of that, the folks across the street, and sadly, I can't even think of the name of the folks across the street, what the name of it is, the campground. It's down here behind the, uh, the old credit union, behind the Penrose Post Office. Uh, they said that they would offer, and I, I can come up with it here. So uh, they said that they would, <clears throat> would, would do a special, the Pisgah Forest RV Park there on 101 Cypress Drive in Penrose, that they're doing a special uh, 
group rate for Sherathon. So anyone wanting to bring a camper, we're full here with just the Sherathon singers, the staff. But anyone who would like to bring a camper, there is a discount if you'll call me about it. Uh, and you tell them who you are and what you're doing for any available slots. And by the way, they own the other one as well. So they own the one here behind the post office and then out through the strait there at the Church of God of Prophecy, across from the, you know, across from that there, they own that one. The Land of the Waterfalls, I believe it is. They own that campground. So if they don't have room in one, I don't know, maybe the other. So yeah, love for you too. And then somebody said, how about Pisgah Forest? Well, they went to all online reservations. You can't go up there and get a spot now. And because they did that, local people can't even go up there anymore. You'd have to put down reservations long time in advance to get a slot up there. It's not been uh, it's not been user friendly for the locals because you know you gonna get some free time. You just take your camper, pull, drive up there, and what you got open, and they'll tell you, and you pull in there, and easy easy done. But not now. Yeah, not now. And so, and the problem that I have with with the reservations and having the whole thing done by reservations is that people come in and take Friday night. That's all they take. But now it ties up the site for the entire week and into Sunday because they've taken one night. But you can't get it for six days or seven days because there's one night gone. So I don't think they're making money. I think it's just the opposite. I think it's cost them. But anyway, so 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 is the government, how that works. Anyway, yeah. All right, let's take a look at the uh, road, roll call today on Arbor, Michigan, Asheville, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. These are folks that are listening, and we have multiple listeners in most of these locations, Augusta, Georgia, a couple of connections in Birmingham, Alabama, Brevard, North Carolina, Carson City, Nevada, Ella J, Georgia, Enos, North Carolina, Fort Mill, South Carolina, Franklin, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, Houston, 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 Texas, Kiez, Germany, and it reset on me, Lexington, Kentucky, Manchester, Manchester, Michigan, Marietta, Georgia, Marion, North Carolina, Morrisville, North Carolina, New York, New York, the Big Apple listening today, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, Rock Hill, Rock Hill, Rock Hill, Rock Hill, Rock Hill. I'm not exaggerating. South Carolina, Seattle, Washington, Silver, North Carolina, Toledo, Ohio. Rock Hill often gets the prize for having the most listeners each day. And we've got a whole church that listens. Yeah, down there. We're grateful for that. Unknown in Europe and Vermilion, I'm going to set that, Vermilion, Ohio. Washington, D.C., Weaverville, North Carolina, and Williamston, South Carolina, rounded out. And so we are glad to have you with us. And I had somebody ask one day, they said, does that make you nervous when you know that Washington, D.C. is listening? And I said, uh, no. Why? And they said, well, what if somebody, some officials listening? And I said, well, most likely they are. And they said, does that not bother you? And I said, no, I'm trying to get their attention, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I'm, this is point-to-point -point communication. I'm, I'm excited that they're listening. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited that they're listening. So anyway, we'll see. Um, 
uh, uh, people ask good questions, so let me let me ask answer this. Let me give you an update on the sheep. Okay, the sheep and the lamb, the ewe and the lamb. Uh, Roxy's mad at me. I have been feeding her, force feeding her. Uh, but I saw some signs today that it looks like that she has eaten a little bit of grain. And actually, when I was working her, working with her, uh, she she brought up the cud, and there was some grain in her mouth. So I'm pretty sure that she has eaten a little bit. I measure it, and I, it looks like she's eaten a little bit. She also, last night, I got her to take some... Uh, uh, electrolytes and some I mixed it with water got to take some electrolytes and uh, some probiotics and then I offered it to her again this morning a little bit of water had been drank and I got her to take that so I'm grateful so I had uh, I got 900 about 900 milliliters in her yesterday and so but I didn't give her I didn't force her any fluid this morning but I did force her for the uh, the uh, the supplement, the vitamin supplement. Uh, I have tried to feed the lamb, and she's, number one, I told you she's big, and she's strong. And I can understand why that the ewe had trouble. If that lamb can kick, if it kicked while it was in the womb as hard as it has kicked me, me trying to feed it, I'm telling you the truth, that thing can kick. I, I told my wife today I was going to name it Abigail. She said, no, don't name it Abigail. I said, why? She said, that's too prissy of a name. And said, that, that animal's not prissy. <laughs> that lamb is not an Abigail. I said, well, I'm going to call her Bertha. How about that? <laughs> Something. I don't know what to call her. Uh, Samson, uh, Samsonette. I don't know what to call her. But uh, anyway, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she she don't like me uh, forcing. I'm using lamb's supplement the artificial we're not artificial it's freeze-dried lamb's milk and uh, reconstituting it warming it in bottles but she doesn't like it and so but it looks like that roxy's milk she had colostrum when she you know when she first gave birth but it doesn't look like her milk has come down of course she's been through so much trauma if folks who don't know i had a a lamb a, a, a ewe lamb while i was in church sunday night and I went down to the barn to feed, and here lay a very large lamb. Couldn't believe that the, that, that that little ewe had given birth to that big old lamb. I just couldn't believe it. And it had had a bowel movement before it was born, and so it was covered. And uh, so that was a problem. And so we started working on it, and I really didn't pay much attention to the ewe. And then she came by me, and I noticed that she had had prolapse, which is when the uterus basically comes outside the body so we made an emergency trip to the vet and surgery and all of those things and uh, so we're trying to keep her alive so we appreciate your prayers for Roxy and whatever the whatever the baby's name is I don't know what his name is yeah uh, 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 Samsonette I don't know what to call her I, I, I my wife said don't call her Abigail so anyway uh, little little black and white. She's a Jacob Jacob sheep. Jacob sheep, and Jacob sheep. Yeah. Well, this morning, I had uh, started down the barn, and Daisy, 
one of my cows, her first calf, just was the last one born. And so she steps out of the barn, looks toward the trail where I'm coming down the trail, and she starts bawling. Now, there's a difference between mooing and bawling. You can hear the difference. She's bawling. In other words, she's protesting something. Something is not to her liking. I don't know what it is, but because I, I can see her, but I can't see anybody else. Get into the barn, and the calves were playing around, apparently, and got into the gate and pushed it shut. And so the calves had been in a stall uh, together with the other cow, with Elsie. So one of them had their mama, but uh, the youngest, Fiona, did not have her mother possibly all night. I don't know. And that's what she was complaining about. So she was bawling. So as soon as I got there and opened it up, of course, Fiona went straight to her and nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed. So they're happy. Still no goats. I've got twin goats, I think, on the way. And still no, got one goat. I got uh, So, so far, we're four for four females. Two, two heifer calves, a, uh, a dolet goat, and a uh, little ewe lamb. So, yeah, so far, so far, so far. All right, change gears. All right, change gears. I heard President Trump come out against a Senate bill last Friday that hadn't even been released yet. And I said, how can the president of the United States, the former president, how can he come out against a bill that has not yet been released? Well, obviously, he had people in the know on the inside and had seen apparently some draft legislation because when I got it and when, you know, it's being debated now and it's, yeah, it's, it's rotten. Uh, I'm, I, he said it would be a disgrace for a Republican to, uh, to vote for it. And I would have to say he's right. Yeah, I would have to say he's right because it's just, uh, it's just not good at all. So there are several things that are just nasty. There's, there's actually eight different tenets of this thing that are, that are, that are, that are very, uh, that are, and, and if you hear something that sounds like a lawnmower, uh, I don't know what it is, okay? I thought it was a vacuum cleaner and maybe it's a leaf blower, I don't know what it is. Anyway, that's, something's going on around here, but I don't know exactly what it is. So let me tell you some things that the border bill has and why the president of the United States, 45th president, was against it before it ever came out. And so the bill, number one, it creates what's called emergency authority. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? Yep. It would give the Secretary of Homeland Security uh, the authority to basically close the border, okay? But here's the terms of it. Because everybody's been talking about, well, President Trump closed the border. Why don't, why don't Mr. Biden close it? Well, here's what Mr. Biden has proposed. Closing the border during a period of seven consecutive calendar days that there's an average of 5,000 or more aliens who are encountered each day or on any one calendar day, a combined total of 8,500 or more aliens are encountered. Now, here's the thing I'm talking about. 
they get in. The first 5,000 get in. But you have to have at least 5,000 a day for a week to close the border. But if the average falls below 75% of the threshold in a seven-day period, the Homeland Security Secretary must suspend the activation within 14 days. The problem is they can only get 270 days of closed border in the first year, 225 days of closed border in the second year, and a maximum cap of only 180 days of closed border in the third year. But here's, here's, where the, uh, here's where the problem comes in. Under Obama, the then, the Secretary, Johnson, Department of Homeland Security, is on record as saying that when illegal border crossings exceed 1,000 per day, that the number overwhelms the system and it's no longer effective. So under Obama, it was a thousand was overwhelming. Now it's five over five thousand. No matter how much over five thousand, but five thousand a day for seven days. Then they can shut it down. But only then. Who did that math? Some liberal. It sounds good, but it's toothless. It's crazy. And then catch and release. Oh, my goodness. So here's new rules for that. Under the new rules, migrants who show up at the southern border and claim asylum are released from physical custody until their protection determination. So in other words, they're free to come into the United States and stay until they have their hearing. Under the current law, which the Biden administration is not enforcing, any alien, alien seeking asylum shall be detained pending a final determination. That's the current law. They want the new law that's before the Senate to say, turn them loose in the United States till they have a hearing. And if they get turned down, well, and, I, and I, I, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll get, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So here's, here's something else that's taking place. So <clears throat> all of these appeals, so if you um, get turned down for asylum and you appeal it, and they have now ruled out the local appellate system. So the Fifth Circuit, which is Texas, is going to be circumventing all appeals for asylum now go to the federal court in the District of Columbia. How many miles is that from the Texas-Mexican border? And... Well, the Washington federal court is one of the most liberal in the United States. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Number four, this bad bill that's before the Senate. If asylum is approved, 
they would automatically get employment authorization renewable at two-year intervals. If they're denied, they can still get work authorization while the outcome of the protection merits interview is under the administrative or judicial review. So it allows the DHS secretary to grant work authorization before the migrant's hearing. Can you say American jobs? The swooshing sound that uh, Ross Perot talked about south of the, the border. Can you, can you visualize that? Here's another one that's outrageous. Okay. If judges so choose to, judges are authorized to appoint legal representation for aliens who are minors or who are deemed incompetent, which is clarified to mean which cannot understand the proceedings or represent themselves due to a language barrier, illiteracy, or other factors. And this representation is to be pro bono where possible, but the federal government would cover the legal cost. So in other words, now there's a provision that the federal government will provide the lawyers to represent the person who's been denied in federal court. President Trump said any Republican who signed this, would, who, who voted for this, would be a disgrace. I can't disagree. Number six. There's over 100 pages in the Senate bill of border policies. And surprisingly enough, listen at this. And this is all borders. It includes slashing red tape to allow Afghanistan citizens to immigrate. They get, they get a streamlined process to get in. It also would approve work authorizations for people who are married or engaged to U.S. citizens, which is a big change. Wow. Here's the big one. Of course, there's $21 billion in the thing for the, the border. But if you boil it down, so where did it, where did it come from? $21 billion with a B. So what's that? That's $21,000 million. $1,000 million. It's $21,000 million is a billion. So the bill would allocate about $21 billion for the border and immigration-related policies. However, $13.9 billion goes to Customs and Border Protection. Some of it goes to ICE, the Immigration Customs Enforcement. Some of it goes to border infrastructure. Some goes to deportation. Some goes to law enforcement. $1.3 billion of this money goes to the State Department. 
for projects all over the Western Hemisphere. $4.6 billion goes to building free housing for immigrants, for, for migrants. And the rest of it would go for legal fees, oversight, and other types of processing. And also the bill completely ignores the, the Balanced Budget and Emergency Deficit Control Act of 1985. Completely ignores it because it has invoked an emergency requirement which is contained in that bill. Therefore, uh, this is what it says, each amount designated in this act by the Congress as being for an emergency shall be available. That's what it says. Whether we got the money or not. But here's the part that really makes you mad. It's a pork bill. It's just like all so many of the other things. So they said, oh, it's for the border. It's for the border. It's for the border. Well, truthfully, if you want to just boil it right down, I see $13.9 billion for Customs Border Protection, but that's all over the United States. That's also ICE. That's all over the United States. So what's actually going to get to the borders, the borders, plural, of the United States? I'm counting $15.2 billion. Now, you need to be reminded that this thing is a $1.2 trillion bill. So where's the rest of it going, preacher? I'm glad you ask. $59.4 billion to aid to Ukraine. Only $14 billion to aid to Israel. Only $1.9 billion in aid to Taiwan. There is a $6.6 billion to the military, which in turn would beef up its U.S. Central Command, which covers the Middle East and uh, the Indo-Pacific. There's about $14.2 billion in foreign aid, uh, $3.5 billion for, Ukraine, for refugees in and around Ukraine, and about $2 billion for the Indo-Pacific. Um, I guess the, the amazing part of it is that in order to get a mere $14 billion to Israel, and it's, it happened October the 7th, so to get them some money, we're going to have to spend $1.2 trillion dollars Roughly $1.16 trillion. So how much is that? That's a thousand thousand million. That's how much a trillion is. A thousand million is a billion, and a thousand thousand million is a trillion. And to get Israel fourteen billion with a B, it's gonna cost us roughly a trillion dollars in other things to get $14 billion. So it's going to come out 1.4 to 1.9. And so it's going to cost us $1 trillion that we don't have 
in order to send 14 billion to the nation of Israel. And Speaker Johnson has already said he's coming out with a bare bones spending bill to Israel up or down, up or down. He's not gonna, he's, he's taking all the pork out. Do you wanna support Israel, do you not? Nothing else added to it, it's Israel or nothing. Not hinge it, of course, the president will not do anything unless it has Ukraine in it. So, you know, folks, for the most part, we are dead in the water. We are the most, about the most inept bunch that we've probably ever had in Washington, D.C. It's pitiful. I mean, couldn't even vote to impeach the woman in charge of the border when has been grossly negligent, dereliction of duty, couldn't even muster enough votes among the home team to even bring an impeachment proceeding. That's pretty bad. Well, nobody got any guts anymore. Nobody's got any backbone anymore. We are putting spineless, gutless wonders in D.C. And yeah, there's a few good ones. But let me emphasize the word few good ones. I might say it this way, very few good ones. And sometimes you got to do what's hard. Sometimes you got to do what is tough. Sometimes you got to do, uh, you know, what is politically, politically not expedient. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, someone says uh, the U.S. needs a new Operation Wetback like Eisenhower did and uh, turn them around. Well, you know, President of the United States, Donald Trump, stopped them on the bridge. And the law says they're on American soil, then you have to be processed. He wouldn't let them get on the American soil. He made them stop in the middle of the bridge. Close the bridge. Now they can't get to American soil. Not doesn't take doesn't take rocket science. Yep. A preacher says, but evil men, the seducer, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The devil is succeeding in deceptionally, deception morally, socially, religiously, financially, mentally, and physically. There ain't a doubt about that. And uh, so, and and as I, as we all know, the purpose of this whole thing is to let the asylum seekers vote. Flies in the face of the Constitution. Did you know that originally in the United States that only property owners got to vote? You say, well, that's that's taxation without representation. No, it's not. Hang on. The only tax there was was property tax. So therefore, if you didn't pay taxes, you didn't vote. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, Ron Swamy run off the rails on several things. But one thing he did talk about was making 
folks take a, a basic civics test before they could register to vote. Because they have no idea what they're voting for, who they're voting for. All even those seen ads, they have no idea. They have no idea. Most people don't understand that the federal government has three branches that each have authority to overrule the other in limited degrees. Legislative, judicial, and executive. Most people don't know that the legislative has two branches, senators and congressmen. Congressmen were appointed, they're only for two years. All the Congress, all 435 seats are up for grabs every two years because it was the people's house. It's not for careers. People would go up and, and give them the spring and the fall between harvests, and that's all they convened. It wasn't designed for full-time politicians, certainly not for career politicians. 24 months, and the gig was up. People, the people's house. The Senate, on the other hand, was designed and the, and the term is for six years. The House is based on the number of the population of your state. The Senate, all states are equal. Wyoming, they only have one congressman because of population. But they have two senators, just like everybody else. Every state, 100 senators, two, two per state. And those people are elected for six-year terms. And those six-year terms don't all happen at the same time. But of course, our forefathers didn't want a bunch of novices running the country. You could have it in the House, theoretically, but they didn't want it in the Senate. So they staggered it out so that only one-third is replaced every two years. The maximum is one-third. Two-thirds of the people in the Senate will be veterans. They have already been there. And they'll each rotate out every two years. Completely, You could completely vote the Senate out in six years, but it would take you six years to have all new freshmen in the Senate. It was more permanent and gave equal representation to every state, not based on population. Yeah. Most people don't know that. Most people have no idea about that. Most people don't know that it is the state legislatures that have the right to draw the, the congressional districts that those federal congressmen will run from and where those lines are to be and how they will divide the populace. Most people don't know that. No, they don't know that. <laughs> Most people don't know that the vice president is the president of the Senate. And anytime there's a 50-50 vote, the vice president of the United States casts the tie-breaking decision. Now, the president pro tem of the Senate is whoever the, kind of like the speaker, the, the, the lead of whoever's party's in power. But the gavel technically belongs to the vice president. Okay. Technically, 
And even if the gavel belonged to the other side, if there was a tie, the vice president of a different party could step in and break the tie. That's how we set it up. We set it up. That's how our forefathers set it up. Our forefathers set it up that should there be high crimes and misdemeanors, then there was the option to impeach a president or a vice president or a cabinet member. They can be impeached. And that the prosecution would be the House of Representatives. And that a vote for impeachment was determined in the House. And then it was all there was to it. They would bring the article. It would be up to the Senate to try it. 100 senators would become the jury. The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court will be the judge. And the House will prosecute the one being impeached. They act as the prosecutors. They argue before the members of the Senate. And we have court on, on the Capitol in terms of impeachment. Some I said, well, how did the President of the United States, the 45th President, get impeached but not stayed in power? He didn't. There was no votes to convict him. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, they're going to impeach Biden. They can't impeach Biden. They don't have the votes in the Senate. They can, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, they can, yeah, they can vote to do it, but it's just a, it's not even a slap on the wrist. They see it as a political thing because you don't have the power in the Senate. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The, uh, the Constitution does not say how many Justice of the Supreme Court there shall be? Doesn't say. It just says you ought to have one. Initially, there was one Supreme Court justice, and his office was in the downstairs of the Capitol building before the Supreme Court built their own temple that rivals ancient Greece. Anyway. And yes, federal appointments are for life. Supreme Court justice appointments are for life. And appointments are confirmed by the Senate. Federal, federal judges as well as Supreme Court justices are confirmed by the Senate. But it takes, as we've seen quite a bit, to get one kicked out. Okay, so Civics 101, and I may have misspoke something about there. I was off, no notes, all from, all from memory, but anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody is mentioning, they say in the, the, uh, The GOP is like the Globetrotters. They're designed to play but always lose. Yeah. Um, 
The census counts people, not senates, not citizens. And so what that does is that means that we are a permanent minority, that conservatives are going to be a permanent minority. Yeah. 776 says the entire world is sending the U.S. taxpayer their poor. And who pays for that? The American taxpayer. Any other country would be called an, an invasion. Yep. I won't live to see it, but some of our young people might. It's possible that the legal language of America will cease to be English in favor of Spanish within the next 30 years. All it's got to do is have enough representation in Congress and they could vote Spanish in as the legal language. English was almost not the legal language anyway. French was. Because they were our allies and the Brits, British were our enemies. But anyway, that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a horse for we'll ride a different day. Okay? All right. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. We'd ask you to pray for a new outbreak of COVID, yeah, and the folks are uh, are sick with it, and so remember that. And so, if you're symptomatic, you might want to be checked. And uh, yeah, I don't know any specifics other than I just know people are sick with it. Okay. And so, yeah. Okay, and then remember, several folks going for tests, several folks awaiting surgery. Uh, please remember, we have a boy who leaves in the morning for the nation of Israel, one of our young missionaries. He's going over there to do relief work. We are continuing our relief efforts in, in uh, Israel. And if you'd like to help or your church would like to help the people directly that were affected, that were the families of those that were attacked on October the 7th, uh, we have the means to get funds directly to those people. Okay, and we will have, we have representation there and have had continuously, but we'll have some fresh boots on the ground by Friday. Okay, pray for safety for that, the folks traveling. Thank you for being with us. Thank God again for his mercy and thank God for blessing here this afternoon. Let's seek the Lord together. Father, we thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us. Lord, we need your help. And Lord, if, if we, Lord, are left to our own devices, Lord, we will destroy that which our forefathers have handed down to us. So Lord, I beg you, please, Lord, may we ever be found faithful. And Lord, may the people of God be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And most of all, Lord, may we be found trying and Lord, may you will be accomplished in every life. We'll thank you for all that you do. For it's in Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. We'll look to see you tomorrow afternoon around 5.15. Till we meet again, whether on the air or in the air, this is Pastor Randy Barton. And may God richly bless you is our prayer.